the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, here it is a Monday. Not a whole lot going on. There's a lot of kind of, you know, can I pee on your shoe kind of stuff today. I mean, uh, President Trump telling Jerry Governor Brown, uh, Moonbeam, out in California to get their uh, environmental policies in order so that... Uh, the wildfires will stop. I mean, he's saying that there's some policies out there about diverting water, and if I uh, find out anything about that, I'll I'll uh, I'll let you know about it. And then uh, the other uh, stuff going on about that dealing with uh, the rock getting on the wrong side of the people who want to control your life. You know, you may be a movie star, but doggone it, don't be taking any, don't take your kids, don't be taking your family to the aquarium. You believe in, you know, punishing and torturing animals. You believe in animal captivity if you do that. You know, people just just gotten freaking stupid and, and gotten completely out of hand. Completely. I mean, you, you could not Convince me, and I think probably couldn't convince you, that the people of this country would absolutely bat guano like they have. When's the last time you heard anybody get upset with somebody because they went to the, the aquarium? I guess it's wrong now to have an aquarium in your house, right? You believe in animal captivity. If you have a dog, you're mistreating animals. You have a cat. And don't you dare call them a pet. They're a captive animal, don't you know? Wow. Some of you people, you've got so much stuff that just you've you've got to look at anything, don't matter how stupid it is, to complain about it. You've got to have some cause that you got to be behind. I just don't get you. Don't get you. Can't you enjoy it? No. I was going to say, can't you enjoy your life? They can't. That's the problem, Russ. They can't enjoy their lives because they don't have everything. They're miserable. They have to make everybody else miserable along with them. I got I, That's all I can understand. That's all I can understand. You know what? I like going to the aquariums. When I was, when I lived up by Chicago, I used to spend a lot of time at the Shedd Aquarium. It was a great place. Know why? Because unless I went there, I couldn't see all the fish that I had read about and understood populated the ocean. I mean, it's not like I can go out and troll in a rowboat and, uh, you know, take diving equipment with me and take a dive in the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans and all the other lakes and, and waterways all over the world 
to uh, check out uh, the wildlife, you know, the fish and the octopi and, and uh, what is it, squid that they make calamari out? Ooh, did I just say I ate calamari? Did I just say that I you will allow? Calamari? I, oh, you better believe it. I, I do. good stuff, man. I know. Got to have their, you don't use tartar sauce on calamari. You got to no, use no, 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 no. You got to have ultimate, that red stuff. The ultimate that I've ever found was when I was living in Italy. Uh, mind you, when you're in Italy, you can go to whatever region you want to, and you can choose whatever kind of food you want to eat. You go to Florence, you're eating you're eating game. You're, you, you go to Luca, Florence, you're going to eat game because you're interior, and that's what they lived off of. You go, you, you live where I lived in, in Terenia, you eat seafood, lots and lots of seafood, and they had something there called frutta de mare. Did they, did they attack you on, on, uh, on Twitter? Man, nobody, that Twitter wasn't even around when I was But I'm just there. saying, if you had Twitter now, would they? Would people be attacking you for eating oh, yeah, calamari? They, they, they'd be throwing squid ink on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you find the humor in that. <laughs> no, yeah. but for I the find my, was, I find uh, my was, humor was in these idiots pasta, out there. And it was, it was everything. I mean, it was, it was scallops. It was um, uh, calamari. It was... Um, Clams. It was all of this stuff. Just they have shrimp uh, or b- mussels. It wasn't mussels, clams, yeah. okay, because they weren't big enough to be clams. They were mussels. Uh, but all of this thrown in with some pasta and 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 a little bit of sauce. And mm, man, that was the bomb. Can't eat it anymore. I bet. Yes, you can. I bet you try to eat it over there now. They shame you on Twitter. Yeah, they can go shame the Italians all they want to. It's not going to change their appetite. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, I mean, doesn't this just blow your mind? The Rock takes his family to the aquarium. Now, mind you, he didn't go in and go along with the rest of the crowd. He can't because people act the fools when he shows up. Oh, you have his autograph and all that kind of stuff. And so he gets like a private tour. He pays a little extra money. He gets a private tour and, uh, you know, the aquarium's happy to do it. A picture comes out of him in a beluga and it's like, how dare you do this? Are you for torturing animals? Because don't you know, because they're in a tank and they're fed three solid meals a day and they're taken care of and, if they get sick, they're treated. You know, they're being tortured. Just, these people need to get a life so they have something really to be worried about. I mean a real life. You know, get yourself a boyfriend or a girlfriend so that they can make your life miserable because of what they do. That kind of stuff. Uh, how about the Venezuelan president? They tried to kill him over the weekend. Did you see that, Russ? I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Well, that's what I mean. You know, did you see an article about it? You read something about it, see a picture? Vaguely you know, heard about it. Tried to tried to kill him using uh, some drones, two drones. And in a matter of moments, and I do mean moments, they had six people arrested. <laughs> something tells me, false flag. Anyway. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Yeah, makes me wonder if 
they had some people said, you know, we'll take care of your family for the rest of your life. All you have to do is pretend like you're a terrorist. We'll hang you in public, and then your family will be taken care of for the rest of their lives because you made the president look good. Just wonder. Just wondering. A lot of coincidental things in this story of how it all how it all happened. I'll make you an offer you cannot refuse. That's exactly right. That's right. Madura stuffed a bunch of cotton in his mouth and talked to the guy, all right, over the phone. But uh, do you hear how this happened? They they just so happened to intercept these uh, these drones. One was supposed to fly over top of the president. The other one crashed right in front of the president, and each of them were packed with two and a half pounds of plastic. I'm just telling you right now, if those had gotten close to him, he'd been in pieces. He would, it wouldn't, they, would, they wouldn't have been able to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And so you got uh, Maduro. What happens is uh, the, uh, his police department says they just happened. They just happened to uh, find the wavelength of the first uh, flying device, the first drone out there, and were able to detonate it in the air. And the other one, uh, evidently, they I guess they didn't have a, a person who was good enough to drive the drone, and it uh, flew into the side of a building and exploded. So... All the people it exploded are, on the side of a building, and the building is still standing. Oh yeah, yeah, it's got got a black mark on it. So I take it the C four didn't blow. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Some interesting coincidences here, my friend. I would think uh, those all the uh, the balconies that you can see on the side of that thing, there'd been a hole in at least a couple of them. Not so. They must have all of, they've gone in and built, uh, you yes, know, sir, this was a setup. Brief. This was a setup. I'm telling you, it, yes, to take the This heat. was a media setup. All of these people, you know, over in, in Venezuela are dying on starvation and stuff. Over the last year, they've lost on average in uh, Venezuela, they say, 24 pounds a person. A lot of people over there. I mean, uh, Jenny Craig is not a big uh, product being sold right now over in Venezuela. So you've got this whole, in a speech delivered three hours after the incident, the president accused Venezuelan dissidents living in the United States and far-right extremists linked to Colombia for the alleged attack, saying a, and I quote, shield of love, unquote, had protected his life. This was an attempt to kill me, Maduro said. The assailants flew two drones, each packed with 2.2 pounds of C4 plastic explosive toward Maduro. His wife and other top leaders, as the president spoke Saturday, at an event celebrating the 81st anniversary of the National Guard. One of the drones was to explode above the president while the other was to detonate directly in front of him. But the military just happened to manage to knock one of the drones off course. I'm not making this up, man. This is like out of a James Bond movie. Um, 
drones off course electronically, and the other crashed into an apartment building two blocks away from where Maduro was speaking to hundreds of troops. Reverall, who's the defense minister or whatever, says uh, they got six terrorists and assassins detained. In the next hours, there could be more arrests. You know what that means? That means if you're if you're on the uh, the list that starts with an S in uh, in Venezuela, you better get out of Dodge and don't run across anybody from the Secret Service because if you do. You'll probably be put under arrest, and then they'll talk to you very nicely in a darkened little room to get you to confess to whatever. Hey, don't forget about Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. 982-7451 is their number, and whether you need a motor, a transmission, a mirror, uh, a seat, uh, you know, a part for the rear end, Whatever it you thing is you need, they can help supply it because Sonny's is not just one auto salvage yard. It's thousands of auto salvages, salvage yards hooked up together, and all of their materials are available to you through Sonny's Auto Salvage, and all of the materials have the great Sonny's Auto Salvage Guarantee and standard warranty of one, two, or three years. Parts and labor. Unlimited mileage. It's a great, great deal. That's Sunny's Auto Salvage. You want to find a part? Just give them a call. The number to call, 982-7451. All right, back. Check this out. Now, why would the governor government of Venezuela try to get people's attention off of what's going on in their country. How about these few things that are going on? Uh, How about uh, hunger, malnutrition, disease because hospitals lack even basic medicines? Or how about this one? Check this out. Uh, Russ, you'll be glad you're not living in, in Venezuela today. With inflation spiraling toward 1 million percent. Let me repeat that again. With inflation spiraling toward 1 million percent, shortages growing more acute. Dozens of officers and soldiers have now been arrested by the government in connection with alleged coup plans. In June of 2017, an intelligence police commander flew a helicopter over government institutions and threw grenades at the country's Supreme Court building. The commander, Oscar Perez, was executed in January after publishing videos of his confrontation with military personnel. Hundreds of soldiers have deserted their posts since Maduro, a former bus driver and the successor to Hugo Chavez, who died in 2013. He won an election in May that opposition leaders in dozens of countries, including the United States, have called fraudulent. 
Quote, he'll use the incident to radicalize, likely to purge the military, strengthen his personal guard, and embellish the narrative about being under attack from the U.S. and Colombia and others in a bid for sympathy and support. That, according to Eric Farnsworth, Vice President of the American Society and Council of the Americas, a business and cultural organization, and you should hear what they're doing to the media over there. I mean, they're not just calling fake news. Uh, there's a journalist that was, uh, her and her, her crew were detained. They were just filming uh, things that were going on around the investigation. And the lady says, hey, look, um, we're in there. It's pouring down rain. So we're shooting out of the, the, the windows that are rolled down so we don't get completely soaked. And all of a sudden, a a soldier, not a policeman, a soldier gets inside the car uh, where she's sitting at, sits on top of her, takes away her cameras and all their equipment, and uh, tells them to have a nice afternoon. You know, it's bad over in Venezuela that tells you that it's going to get worse because before it gets better and how just just crazy one million percent um as far as um your economy goes your money is worth nothing zero i mean i don't know why they're even keeping up with it as far as it goes, a million percent inflation. My God, that's there, but the grace of God go we. Isn't it great that we were born and raised and live in one of the greatest countries on the face of the earth? I mean, I mean, just for me, I don't want to live anywhere else. I'm, I'm pleased with what's going on. Uh, for me here in the good old USA. It's the reason I served in the military, you know, so that we all would have some kind of a country like this to to live in. A million percent inflation. Wow. That's, you know, that, as I was talking about people getting their panties in an uproar over the rock going to a uh, an aquarium and, calling him, uh, you know, an, an animal terrorist and uh, all kinds of things. You know, folks, this is these are the real tragedies. A whole country, a country at one time that was the idol of the world, and I'm not talking about when it was under Chavez either. I mean, before that, they had some areas that were uh, – you know, of course, uh, poverty-stricken, but now the whole country is poverty-stricken. Most of the people are trying to get out and going to Colombia, and I think that's what the problem is, why uh, the Venezuelans are talking, or at least Maduro's talking about uh, the Colombians, you know, thinks that they're trying to overthrow his nation, evidently. But you did, did you hear what the inflation rate is? There, rest of the year, a million percent. That means nothing is worth anything, and you probably can't afford anything because it would be 
way, 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 way too expensive. Again, I just thank God that I live in this country. I was born here, raised here. Love it. We haven't had anything like this. We don't want anything like this. That's just, you know, I'm not going to say we're not trying to head towards something like that. I'm just saying that uh, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right, so we come back. I'll tell you a little bit about what's going on between Trump and uh, Governor Moonbeam out there in California. And um, just uh, Jerry Brown, people of California got the government that they voted for. They really did. He screwed it up one time. Now he's screwing it up really bad. He's going to let the whole whole state burn down, I think. All right, news is next. Let's get to that. Find out what's going on back in just a moment. All right, so uh, Governor Moonbeam and the president have gotten into a a tiff about what's causing and why the fires that are happening in California, first, what's happening to make them happen, and number two, what is it that's uh, causing the um, fires to continue? Now, being the good Democrat that he is, what do you think, Governor Moonbeam is saying is causing the the fires. You want to take a guess there, Russ? Climate change? Yes. Very good. Ding, 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 ding. Gold star today. Start off the show for you. Climate change is what's doing it. That's why they're having the worst fires ever in the history of California right now. It's because of climate change. Had nothing to do with the fact that somebody left all that brush up underneath those trees and another <laughs> mook driving down the freeway tossed a cigarette butt out and Yeah. Now that that's that has nothing to do with it. It's because the icebergs are melting, the polar bears are dying, and uh, it's freaking dry right now in California. Although wasn't it just a few months ago that they had dams that were almost ready to burst because they had so much water on the ground. What happened to all that water? That's, that's, that brings us up to number two, and that has to do with what the president is saying about the crazy environmental rules that they have in California, like running a, you know excess water out to the Pacific Ocean. Now, why would you do that? How... That's just stupid. Seriously. Now, if you're, if you're running it in, it would be salt water, right? So I could understand that would be a problem. You couldn't drink it or use it for irrigation or anything, but maybe. Uh, you just have to build yourself a desalinization plant. Yeah, or just keeping it. It doesn't Look, a fire goes out whether it's salt water or fresh water. I guess it would leave behind, you know, a higher uh, salination uh, measurement for the land that you had to dump it on. So I guess maybe you wouldn't be able to use it for a while until you were you did get some rain and it was able to wash out the, the, the more of the salt that was left behind. But just seems like to me they were saying that they were putting the water into the ocean. So it was probably fresh water. Uh, that they from those rains and stuff that they pushed out into the ocean. 
would seem that you could have been using that right now, although I don't know how much water they use now. I, I, from what I understand, they use a whole lot more chemicals than they use water. You know, that red stuff that they drop, that's a chemical. That's not, you know, water. Paraffin. With, it's not water with with uh it's paraffin i know i've been underneath it and had it drop down on top of me so it's wax is what you're telling us yeah pretty much okay so you know bottom line is it's not just red food coloring in water okay we just want everybody to understand that so they can see where the water is landing or something the bottom line is it it, is that uh, if they're not using this water for irrigation or not using this water to fight fires with, but dumping it in the ocean, isn't it time that you guys get together in a room somewhere? And I'm not talking about the president and the governor. That wouldn't be a good thing. Uh, you know, put uh, put yourself, Governor Moonbeam, in a room with your other environmentally, you know, you know, worshiping whack jobs that you got there and uh, try to get things um worked out so that water ends up on fires just kind of makes sense to me but russ was right when he said about the undergrowth they have other environmental policies because you know the titmouse and some of not my name for it okay the titmouse is uh you know considered a, a species that's endangered and so you cannot clear out what would be their natural habitat, which is, you know, brush and stuff uh, that develops under trees and forests. You go in a forest uh, of California and a lot of those other areas, and you'll find a lot of just dead stuff piled up all over the place, just waiting for, uh, you know, an irresponsible camper or somebody who's smoking or somebody happens to set off a firework or whatever, and that spark sets off a fire uh, that turns into a huge fire because uh, you haven't got in and cleaned out the garbage uh, underneath the trees and things that you let build up. I mean, we've had Congressman Westerman on here, and of course you know that he got his degree in forestry when he was in in the college, and uh, the stuff was, uh, you know, he talks about how all you're doing is setting things up to explode. We do controlled burns here in the state because of that, to keep that stuff burned back. Because if you don't, it will find a way to burn, and it'll burn a whole lot of other stuff down with it. And uh, and that's not a fun thing in any way, shape, or form. Okay, just so you'll know, uh, Russ, I just got the okay that we're going to be joined today at 3.06, and uh, we'll be Dan Kish, who's going to be with us, uh, to talk about the uh, fuel efficiency standards. I don't know if you heard this or not, but the president is going to put a kibosh on the the new cafe standards uh, that Obama wanted, saying that it's not necessary because the United States is making so much oil, we don't have to worry if uh, we're burning more gasoline than we have been. So we're going to be talking 
to Kish about this. He is um, a person with uh, the um, what's the uh, American Energy Alliance, I believe, and he'll be joining us. We we were going to talk to Steve Malloy from JunkScience.com, but he d- was not in uh, able to be here. So, uh, you know, what kind of impact will that have on uh, climate change? Well, the uh, Wall Street Journal uh, says that the Trump administration's deregulation is improving consumer choice, reducing costs from health care to appliances. Its proposed revisions Thursday about fuel economy rules continue this trend to the benefit of car buyers. Not that you know it from the political hyperventilation. And uh, so uh, we're going to talk about that when uh, we come back. And we're going to do that next half hour with Dan Kish. You know, if you like working outdoors, if you're detail-oriented, if you strive to do the right thing, if you want a career, not just a job, a career, work for a company where you can start, you know, with one of the bottom rungs of the ladder and work your way right up the ladder, then look no further than PI Roofing and Home Solutions. They're expanding their operations department so they can better serve their customers as they grow. You can build your future with them. PI Roofing and Home Solutions now has career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, their residential roofing and service division, and Home Solutions Division. So uh, you can make a difference with them by climbing the ladder of success with them. All you have to do is apply to them at P.I. Roofing, that's one word, com, or call them 501-707-3551. All right, back with you. Okay, so let me give you a little bit more on this whole fight between Governor Brown and uh, the president. These were the first remarks on the deadly fire fi- uh, fires, wildfires that have ravaged California, killing at least seven and forcing thousands to flee. Writing on Twitter late Sunday, the president said California wildfires are being magnified and made so much worse by the bad environmental laws which aren't allowing massive amounts of readily available water to be properly utilized. He also referred to a long-running debate, and and Russ and I talked about this, a long-running debate in forest management about the role of removing trees and vegetation in forests as a fire control method. On uh, today, Mr. Trump expanded on his comments uh, on Twitter For a second time, Governor Jerry Brown must allow the free flow of the vast amounts of water coming from the north and being foolishly diverted. That can be used for fires, farming, and everything else. Think of California with plenty of water. Fast federal government approvals. And uh, the the government is already uh, sending out plenty of, of money now to California to uh, you know, help these homes uh, be rebuilt that are being burnt down. Mr. Trump raised two sometimes contentious issues in his statements. California's policies for managing access to water and a long-standing debate 
over whether environmental rules should be loosened so that trees can be thinned and underbrush removed in force. And neither side will, uh, uh, won't agree that that underbrush, when it catches on fire and those additional trees that are just allowed to grow and the ones that are allowed just to die and they just fall and stay where they're at, that uh, they won't uh, add fuel to fires. But Republicans have said that uh, the thinning trees will reduce wildfires while the Democrats and environmentalists argue the practice will lead to clear-cutting and threats to wildlife. Okay, again, that threat to wildlife, which is the big, who are you trying to protect here? Are you trying to protect the people who are the citizens of California or a titmouse? I mean, that's, I went through this a few years ago when I was working in Chicago, and uh, Gary, Indiana has a, a really nice airport. And they wanted to start taking some of the overload uh, from uh, the big, uh, the, the big uh, airport there uh, in uh, Chicago, O'Hare. And they wanted to build an additional um, runway that uh, was an additional part of one that was al- already there to be able to land the big, big jets there that would be coming from O'Hara. Now, it would have created hundreds of new jobs, construction jobs, to bring the airport to snuff, plus additional jobs for the people that would have to run uh, the airport when all the additional planes started landing. So everybody's all fired up. It's going to be good stuff. People are going to be, have better jobs, things of that nature. And the environmentalists stopped it dead because they found three. Let me say that again. They found three of these rabbits that uh, lived in uh, the area that they wanted to do the runway at. And because of that, they got an injunction to stop any kind of construction, and they could not get that injunction lifted. And so they ended up moving uh, the extra traffic someplace up in uh, um, Wisconsin. Now, you got to know the area a little bit because you got Wisconsin kind of swinging around the lip of Lake Michigan with me. Look at Lake Michigan uh, being a a water balloon that's half full, and it's hanging from your fingertips, so it's got kind of an elongated look. So at the bottom where it uh, curves around, you've got Wisconsin, you've got Illinois, you've got Indiana, and you've got Michigan. All right, so you got those three or four states sitting there. So it's not like they're a long, long way away. So instead of getting caught up in a uh, protracted uh, federal lawsuit to protect uh, these three, three again, I repeat, three rabbits. Uh, They said, well, we'll just build over in Wisconsin. So all that commercial development 
for the people in the Gary area went away. Man, we're talking Gary, Portage, you know, Lake County, Porter County. We're talking about a a big area of millions of people. And they sacrificed to the people. They sacrificed jobs to Americans for three rabbits. Now, evidently, these rabbits aren't very good at what rabbits do since there were only three of them left. Sounds like to me it was time for them to do the dodo bird thing on their own. A lot of people were kept from having great um, careers and jobs because Lord knows we needed those three rabbits. Well, that's the way California does its environmental policy as well. You know, we've only counted 15 titmouses, uh, you know, because uh, they cleared up some of this brush. Now, there may be thousands of more titmouses because we don't have enough money to send people out to count all of them. But the bottom line is that, well, we'll just you're just going to have to uh, pay higher, uh, you know, insurance bills because after your house burns down the insurance company is going to take you to the cleaners and not because they shouldn't raise your rates but because uh, bottom line is they're you know they're going to do it because the government has stupid environmental policies this goes back to that whole thought process of do you believe in animal torture Keeping an animal at an aquarium? How terrible are you? Applied Research uh, asked me to talk to you a little bit about uh, you getting into one of their uh, clinical research case studies that they have. Uh, These are medicines uh, or salves or whatever that are in the last stage of development before they're marketed. And they're looking for some people who have specific... uh, Uh, problems so that they can get involved with these uh, particular studies, make a little money on the side, and, uh, you know, bring uh, some new products uh, onto uh, the uh, market. Uh, Some of the studies that they're doing now, I'll give you two of them. Asthma, moderate to severe. If you've been diagnosed with moderate to severe persistent asthma, that's not adequately controlled by your current medicines, you may qualify for a clinical research study. For instance, participants must be aged 12 to 80 years old, diagnosed with moderate to severe asthma, and regularly use both a corticortisone rescue inhaler and a long-acting beta inhaler. Uh, If you do either of those and have moderate to severe asthma, please call 501-954-7822. Or if what I just said doesn't compute because I uh, can't, uh, I I don't know what those particular inhalers do and I can't talk to you about it. It's a corticosteroid is what it's called. All right. Go to ARCArkansas.com. I know it makes it easier for you to breathe. That I do know. But if you go to ARCArkansas.com, they're working on something that'll make it even easier to breathe. And you could be a, you know, a hero in your own right and help find out 
uh, if this works or doesn't work. And it's safe because it's in the last stages. You know, there's different things that they're looking about, you know, how well is it delivered and things of that nature. The number again is 501-954-7822. And the folks at Applied Research would sure love to talk to you. And don't forget, they got their own uh, um, clinic now over there on Rodney Perham Road right next to uh, Burger King. You can go over there and uh, get some of these tests and things of that nature. That's applied research. All right, so keep that in mind. All right, we got news coming up. Coming up in the next half hour, uh, Dan uh, Kish is going to be with us, and we're going to talk to him about what the president is trying to do in uh, allowing uh, them to, uh, them being us, the fuel industry, to knock down all of these cafe standards that they have for the cars and stuff because we've got enough energy now that we can make the gasoline that we need uh, to be able to, um, you know, service cars. So stick along along with me so you can hear what he has to say about this. Uh, But the president going in and knocked down some EPA rules Coming up next on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, into the 3 o'clock hour we go. And uh, a story that hasn't picked up a lot of coverage, but a very important story nonetheless that we should talk about is uh, the president and his administration have proposed, uh, again, getting into deregulating uh, some uh, fuel economy standards that have been set up during the Obama uh administration this is of course cafe uh, standards the decision to freeze these standards comes from the realization that the u.s is now leading the world in oil and gas production and that with or without these fuel efficiency rules in place that it's not going to have any kind of significant impact uh, in climate change in fact it'd be essentially about zero percent Uh, With the Obama fuel standards of 2012 requiring all manufactured vehicles in 2025 to achieve 54.5 miles per gallon, uh, the average American will pay higher prices for lightweight and less safe vehicles that contribute to more traffic uh, fatalities. Because that's the only way you're going to get that kind of fuel mileage is, you know, drive around in in a tin can. Uh, They have no basis in reality. We all know that. Uh, Former House investigations showed that fuel standards were meant to be a uh, a, a sign politically where, quote, the out-year targets were designed to be junked once Mr. Obama was safely in retirement. Well, Dan Kish is with us, and uh, we're going to put a stop to these crazy cafe standards and uh, Dan is, of course, with the Institute for Energy Research. Dan, thanks for joining us today. And I know this has been a fight that's been going on for a while with the courts, uh, with the, uh, the Trump administration, and now uh, they are freezing all of this. This was announced last week. So bring us up to date at where we're at. Yeah, Dave, uh, thanks for having me. The um, This is very important because I tell you, it, it hits so much of our society and it, this is one of those sleeper issues that's in the back of your mind, but uh, under the Obama administration, they had actually 
lifted the average fleet uh, requirement for mileage to, as you said, about 55 miles per gallon. That's now, insane. I don't know if you, that, well, it's insane, sure. And remember, that has to be, that's the average. That means that if you get a pickup truck that gets a lot less, they have to sell another car that gets 100 miles per gallon to make up for that. Right. And, you know, the technology's uh, out there only so good. And, and part of this was to actually, and this was the hidden secret, part of this was to drive people to use electric cars because they're much more expensive to make. And and what's been happening is uh, is 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 the 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 car makers make smaller cars they lose money on, and then they jack up the price on the cars that Americans are buying. Two thirds of the vehicles that Americans are buying right now are SUVs and trucks, yeah. and that's because we have families, we we have needs, uh, or we have wants, or whatever it may be, and. Um, Ultimately, that should be up to us. Anyhow, this will save us money. It saves about a thousand lives a year um, over the lifetime of the uh, of, of this pushback. It'll be uh, about a half a trillion dollars to our economy that we wouldn't otherwise spend. And all in all, it's a it's a good deal because it means uh, car prices will stay. They're already outrageous. I think <laughs> anybody who's looked at a new car recently. Uh, but but at least put a stop on that or or slow the brakes on it, and I think uh, everybody could get behind that. Is it possible for the president uh, to get with his folks, his appointees, and the EPA to come back and uh, and get with Congress and, and and just get down and fight in the in the trenches and bring those cafe standards down, or is this the best way to do it? Uh, this is the best way that exists. They already started the ball rolling before he left office. Uh, President Obama's people uh, pushed this, knowing that it was almost unachievable. But that didn't matter because uh, you know it's it's partly about sending signals. And uh, so this is the proper way for the for the government to go ahead and put these proposals out there and go through the process that has to be gone through. California screaming like a stuck pig because uh, California's got a special deal out of the Obama administration um, that allowed them to set their standards different than everybody else in the country. And um, that makes no sense because ultimately this isn't about fuel mileage. It's about carbon dioxide. This is about global warming. That's what the whole CAFE rule was about. Right. As it turns out, the change that the... Trump administration is making, even though it saves a half a billion dollars and a thousand lives or more a year and drops the price of vehicles, um, makes three one thousand. I got to look at this because I, I have a hard time. Three one thousandths of a degree Celsius on the world temperature in the year 2100. So, uh, uh, if you could measure three one thousandths of uh, a degree in temperature, you're better than I am. Right. I under, I understand. I, I got you 100% here. But th- like I said, this started earlier this year between the Trump administration. They got taken to court. The courts have said that they can't just block these uh, uh, fuel standards indefinitely, but he's just stopped 
uh, the fuel the fuel of efficiency standards again is it just like you stop them and then when uh, the the amount of injunction that you've got on them starts wearing out that time you just go back and do it again well, what, what they've actually done, and you're right, they've been fighting in the courts. Everything gets fought in the courts nowadays, Dave. Of course. I mean, there's so many. There's just, you know, a whole lot too many lawyers. But uh, uh, the fact of the matter is, on this one, what they did is they've proposed a new rule to replace the old one. And the justification for that rule and it's about a thousand pages long plus all the appendices and uh, and and you name it um like a typical regulation is so what they're doing is working within the legal system to be able to push forward these changes that they uh were pushing to to do earlier all right so where are we then on this? Is is the president on solid ground right now? Can we expect that now that he has uh, put in this uh, kind of moratorium, uh, my word, not his, uh, does that mean that we're safe as far as that being there? No. I mean, it's going to take uh, – they're going to have to fight it out. As, as I said, everything gets fought out in the courts nowadays, but uh, – there's a belief that there in California, like I said, is screaming uh, because they had cut themselves a, a, a special deal, and California kind of out there, um, I think, to most Americans. Um, so ultimately, and what that would have been, what what that would have been is people in Arkansas would be paying more for the trucks and SUVs and cars that they buy in order to subsidize the cost of electric cars being sold in California, and that's not right. Okay, so is is what we're seeing here a way for the Trump administration to get something solid in place so that, you know, to be honest, the, the president may have at most eight years. You could tie this up in court for eight years, could you not? Uh, well, they could tie it up for a few years, and you're absolutely right. That's what this is. This is an attempt to make a solid change to the regulations consistent with the law to ensure that Americans can save uh, uh, a half a trillion dollars, about you know, $2,500 per car, and save a 1,000 lives um, uh, a year with this regulation that's what this is all about okay so let me let me ask you another let me take you down another trail because with the institute for energy research you probably talk about this big announcement uh, a couple weeks ago about the the european union and america coming to an agreement on on trade and one of those things was is that the eu was going to work with the usa in uh, getting more uh, liquefied natural gas to the European Union so that they're not buying their gas from their enemies, they're buying it from their friends. What's that going to mean for the natural gas industry here in America? Yeah, well, it's a it's a great thing for, for everybody, Dave, um, across the board, because what it means, I mean, one of the things that one of the little lies that the government was telling us for years is, and some groups were telling us is that we were running out of energy, we were running out of energy. We're, 
We're swimming. God bless this country with enormous, and North America in general, uh, Mexico and Canada too, with huge amounts of resources of all kinds, coal, oil, natural gas. Um, and what it, what it means is that uh, by allowing this export market to expand into Europe, it means uh, investments can be made here that will increase jobs and production and steel making and you name it, all the things that going in, go into uh, building the infrastructure necessary to be able to feed European demand for American natural gas. And the fact that we can do this and lessen the impact of the Russians on the Europeans. I mean, you know, Germany gets half their natural gas from uh, uh, fr from Russia. So anytime Russia has a problem with them, they're in a position theoretically to be able to flip a switch and uh, life would be pretty grim in Germany. That, yeah. That's not a good position to be in. The president's made that clear. And... Thank God that we've got the resources and the talent here in the United States. So it means more jobs, more everything right here at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this because the only thing that's held back uh, the natural gas industry has been that uh, we've got so much of it. So we need more people out there buying it so that we can raise the price of uh, what we're trying to drill out of the earth, correct? Yes, exactly. Well, and, and it'll help... Dave, here's the thing. I mean, if if what we're going to do in the process is build that infrastructure necessary, we're going to have to build the pipelines. We're going to have to build the uh, uh, equipment. Pumps need to be made. Um, you know, the U.S. is great at that business. Uh, that means small shops and uh, tool and die and machineries are all going to work to make this stuff necessary to be able to produce this. It's a huge growth industry for us, and it will, uh, it will help to have somebody sucking on the other end of that straw um, and paying us to do it. Yeah, that will, that's going to, of course, more jobs, you know, using that, uh, using that natu natural gas, because from what I've read and from what I've studied, uh, the United States is the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. We've got enormous quantities of natural gas, and honestly, um, we've got a lot more that we haven't even found yet. It's like oil and uh, everything. Uh, you know, it's just amazing what happens if people are allowed to look for it. This country invented these businesses. Our people are the best in the world at it, um, and it's really encouraging to see the government get out of the way and let people get back to work and do uh, this because instead of wringing our hands and complaining about importing oil, we produce it here at home. I mean, what could make better sense than that? I, I'm all about that too, Dan. You know, that that security for the United States is what that is. People have to understand that. You, if you get into a tussle with somebody, let's just go back to World War II, that's what stopped Japan. They didn't have the natural resources to continue a prolonged war, and uh, and they knew that, and they also understood when they didn't knock out our fleet that uh, they were going to lose. Just was this a yeah. matter of time? No, you're absolutely right, Dave. You obviously study your history. That's what it was all about. It was it was an attempt to uh, bloody our nose in the Pacific. That's what Pearl Harbor was all about, um, and of course. You know, uh, 
Hitler, likewise, yep. in in Europe, uh, was was moving on oil supplies in in uh, in Russia. That's what that was all about. Yes, so, it was. Uh, you know, it makes the world go round, like it or not. Um, and people understand that, and it's serious business. And frankly, we haven't been serious about it for far too long. It's good to see us getting serious about it again. All right. Well, Dan, I appreciate your time here on our show today. Uh, do you see any other movements that the president might make here in the near future we should be keeping our eyes open about, or uh, is this the last one for a while? Uh, I, You know, to be honest with you, Dave, He's a hard-working guy. <laughs> he keeps he keeps us all on his toes. I uh, I'm guessing that there's a whole bunch of things that he's got planned, and uh, he uh, and and uh, I wish him luck with this one because I think it'll be better for America and better for all of us. I appreciate your time, Dan. I hope to see you down the line. Have a great afternoon, and uh, we'll get you back on in the near future. Thank you, sir. All right, bye bye now. Yeah, Dan Kish here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Institute for Energy Research, good uh, organization to keep us up to date on what's happening in uh, our country. And he's right. Uh, in the last four, just four or five years, it's been incredible at the amount of energy that has been discovered uh, here in uh, the United States. And I know for you folks that hate fossil fuels, you don't like that. I'll tell you, I love every moment of it. We'll take a break. We've got more coming your way. How about Britain? Their National Health Service is facing threats over, are you ready for this? Transgender fertility coverage. I didn't make it up. It's a real story. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. You know, it's like I said at the very beginning of the show today. When you think you've heard it all, when you think you've seen it all, you ain't seen nothing. Uh, The uh, Equality and Human Rights Commission is calling on Britain's National Health Service. Now, I get this question a lot. Dave, why do you talk about what they're doing in Britain? Because it end up on this side of the ocean before long. Because liberals are in love with Britain. Every one of their failed policies they want to make sure gets started here in the United States, even though they know it will fail in the future. Anyway, uh, to update, it's got anything better to do. Yeah, well, they want they didn't get an original idea of their own. Well, they call they're calling on. Listen, the 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 NHS, which is the Britain's National Health Service, uh, wants they're they're being called on to update its policy regarding fertility service coverage. Okay, let's get this right again. They want their they want them to update. Their policy regarding fertility service coverage. That's people that want to have a child and are supposed to be able to get fertility treatment so they can have a child. They allege that the current policy discriminates against transgender people. The uh, group, the uh, Equality and Human Rights Commission, wrote a pre-action letter to the NHS Friday pressuring Britain's health care system to change its outdated fertility policies. The letter urges NHS to change its policy 
to cover the cost of egg freezing procedures for transgenders, many of whom become infertile as a result of their hormone treatments. Quote, treatment should be made available in order to ensure that access to health service is free of discrimination. A choice between treatment for transgenderism and the chance to start a family is not a real choice, they added. We'll talk about this after the news. Because I'm telling you, if they're arguing this in Britain, it's just a matter of time. All it's, it's a matter of time, and they'll be arguing it here on our shores as well. Because you can't keep these nutcases from not moving from country to country. Here's your news. We'll be back. All right, so uh, let's go back and finish up this story quickly because uh, I got another one about Chick-fil-A I got to get to you as well. This is in Canada. And what happens when you know you allow liberals to run amok, and you need to keep that in mind with November coming up. Uh, It says that the EHRC wrote a pre-action letter to the National Health Service pressuring Britain's health care system to change its outdated fertility policies. The the letter urged NHS to change its policy to cover the cost of egg-freezing procedures for transgenders many whom become infertile as a result of their hormone treatments. Treatment should be made available in order to ensure that access to health services is free. And let's all remember, there is nothing that is free. Somebody is paying for it. Somebody's shelling out the cash. Uh EHRC Chief Executive Rebecca Hilsenrath said, quote, a choice between treatment for gender uh, dysphoria and the chance to start a family is not uh, a real choice. Of course it is. You're going to make the choice to to, uh, take hormones and all the rest that might wreak havoc with your reproductive system. The push for Britain's health care system to foot the cost of fertility services comes after the British Fertility Society published guidelines in January calling on Britain's Department of Health to offer free egg freezing to transgenders so they can have families. But other medical professionals have said that the NHS should only pay for essential health care. Quote, the cash-strapped, as you know, it's going, you know, broke. They only got... You only have, quote, so much money because it ain't free. Got to have money to pay for it. I know that's a hard one for some people to add together, but they said it was free. No. It took me 35 years to figure that out. Yeah. The bottom line is nothing is free. Somebody pays for it. The cash-strapped NHS should be concentrating on offering good basic health care to women or helping them beat their cancer and not get sidetracked with these kinds of novelties. Now, this is from CORE, and CORE is an organization that seeks to provide the ethical treatment of embryos according to its website. The transgender and LGBT communities applauded EHRC's objection to Britain's fertility coverage. Of course they did. 
Quote, we welcome this challenge from the EHRC. We know the government uh, are committed to improving health and social care provisions for all LGBT people and addressing barriers to fertility uh, support would be a positive step forward in this uh, process. Now, that's according to uh, Paul Tucock, uh, Stonewall's director of campaign. Stonewall is an LGBT equality chair, uh, charity, according to the group's uh, Twitter. Decisions on which services are commissioned by NHS England are taken by ministers based on advice from an independently chaired panel of health experts and patient representatives using a process known and set out in primary legislation. And according to an NHS spokesman who gave that response to the EHRC's call for action. So we'll see what the Brits are going to do. Can they afford, can they afford, you know, freezing embryos and stuff? Because some people are women and they suddenly want to be men. And so they start taking other hormones that destroys their eggs. So before they destroy their eggs, they want to take them out and get them frozen. So they can do what women do so you sit down with a psychiatrist and then let the psychiatrist ask you this one question do you want to be a man or do you want to be a woman you choose right now you lose your eggs or you stay a woman that's what i'm thinking you take a choice you make the choice that you're going to take the hormones then you don't want to be a woman why should you be able to freeze your eggs before you start the hormones so that you can be a woman after you fakely call yourself a man? Just saying. Uh, choices have consequences. Really? Some people don't know that. Just like some people don't know that there's nothing Elections that's free. have consequences. Yeah. I just want everybody to keep all of this stuff in mind. As uh, because all liberals are the same, they're empty hand headed dunderbuns, is what they are. All right, so now let's go, let's let's continue to Canada. So 20 to, to four. If I could tell you right now in, in Cabot, if it was no, if we were notified that tomorrow they're going to break ground on a Chick fil A, number one, everybody would get excited. Number two, there'd be a great group of people that would already start camping out in front of it so they could get Chick-fil-A for a year for free. For free, That's a real free, except that the company is writing it off, so it's really not free. When a new Chick-fil-A opens in most parts of the country, people celebrate. But when the company announced a new store for Toronto, its first franchised international restaurant so this is the first time they're going abroad, all right? Uh, the reception wasn't as hospitable. It started when the Chick-fil-A president released a letter July 25th announcing a series of new restaurants in the uh, Canadian city of Toronto. So it's not just one. There's going to be several. We're looking forward, quote, we're looking forward to putting down real roots and becoming a part of this dynamic and diverse city. Our first location will open in the first half of 2019. 
From there, we have plans to invest in bringing approximately 15 more restaurants to the greater Toronto area over the next five years. He added that we are driven by a desire to serve and that it will be our our pleasure to serve you in 2019 and the years to come. But many of the country's left-leaning and LG, uh, LBGT citizens, all right, read that, libs, apparently reacting to the company's Christian roots, weren't excited. Quote, just a friendly Canadian reminder that we are a progressive country and have morals. Well, that can be questioned, all right, with the LGBT community. Uh, and fight for equal rights for all. That according to one Toronto citizen, Chris Lotz, who wrote that on Twitter. Uh, We don't want your bigoted and discriminatory business opening anywhere north of the border. Here's my question to somebody like Mr. Lotz, who proves himself to be the ultimate bigot. He won't let even a um, business open because he doesn't believe in what they believe in. So they shouldn't be able to do business in his country. Not that he could not go there if he didn't want to. He doesn't have to go there. No one's going to grab him uh, as he's walking past the Chick-fil-A. No one's going to cause him to have to drive uh, into the parking lot or through the drive through and buy their product. No, he just wants you not to be able to be there at all. Another uh, Torontorian, Wayne Lung, wrote, You're not welcome here. I know your homophobic history and your bankrolling of political candidates who promote anti-LGBT discrimination. That bigotry has no place in Canada. I will be boycotting you and encouraging others to do the same. That last sentence is fine. Fine. Lead a boycott. Don't eat it. You don't miss out on on heaven's great, you know, fried chicken sandwich. That's that's fine. Don't have any problem with that at all. Others, though, dun, 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 welcome the news. Quote, they are not homophobic, but hire and serve all kinds of people, regardless of sexual orientation. Wrote one Canadian in defending the restaurant. They are a little out of our way by several hours, but if they did come to our smaller city, I'd give them a try. They are pro-traditional marriage, not anti-gay. Another Canadian wrote, Welcome, Chick-fil-A. I can't wait to try your food. Toronto, I believe, will love you. Hmm, interesting. So uh, that's the bottom line. You know, that, that one guy had it right. I liked what he said. He says, hey, we don't want any of your stuff, blah, 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 blah. But he didn't say they couldn't build. He said, I'll be boycotting you and encouraging others to do the same. Okay. You, you're, more li- you're allowed to do that. Spend your money where you want. Good for, good for him. At least he understands uh, things as far as that's concerned. But uh, I bet you they'll have a whole lot of people, uh, you know, putting tents up and stuff in front of uh, Chick-fil-A. You know, talk about that. 
All right, Kyle's in Little Rock. Kyle, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, Dave. I appreciate the uh, feedback you're getting from Toronto, but uh, I do have to disagree with them. The uh, Chick-fil-A owner has on that, but their company has not taken a stance one way or the other. They're not pro anything or against anything. It's the person that owns it has a personal belief, and I agree with that. I, I have a select other places that I don't like to go to because the corporation took a personal uh, stance on it, and they're not supposed to. They're an entity. They're not a person. Okay. Well, so bo- just feedback. So okay. Bottom, bottom line for the people that like the last guy that was against them had it right. I'm not. I'm not going to come in and buy your product. More power to you, bro. Go ahead. Right. I love them to death. I'm just saying is that uh, they asked the owner a specific question about his personal beliefs. Uh, but the company has never come out and made any kind of a stance on that. So uh, I don't know what the real story is about. So, All right. I appreciate your call. Thanks a lot. I thought that uh, I did think that, that they had taken a uh, uh, stance towards traditional marriage. All right. And that's what they're not LGBTQ. I mean, I, they're just not. Uh, they uh, they serve anybody. And uh, if you're gay, you can work at Chick-fil-A like anybody else can. Just the way they are. Having to have a way of looking at traditional marriage as being between a man and a woman. All right. With that, a break. And we'll come back and finish up this half hour. And next hour... Folks from Conduit for Action is going to join us. Uh, we're going to talk to them about the story that was in the paper today about uh, Medicaid and uh, less money spent during the last year and see what their side of that story is, find out what they have to think about it. Last hour, Robert Steinbach will be here. First Amendment, we always talk about it on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's finish up uh, this half hour. We've got about six minutes till the news at the top of the hour. Uh, we've got interesting things going on uh, with Iran. Rouhani is uh, out uh, talking up his best. Uh, Iran's president said today that Washington's call for new nuke negotiations at the same time the U.S. reimposes crippling sanctions makes no sense. Quote, they want to launch psychological warfare against the Iranian people and the Iranian nation, and create divisions in our country. Negotiations with sanctions doesn't make sense. They are imposing sanctions on Iranian children, uh, patients, and the nation. Rouhani referred to fears that essential supplies such as medicines would be affected when sanctions return tomorrow. He said Iran had already uh, always welcomed negotiations, but that Washington would first have to demonstrate it can be trusted. Pregnant pause. Um, I don't think it's us that has to worry about being trusted, do you? Yeah, me neither. Uh, If you're an enemy and you stab the other person with a knife and then you say you want negotiations, then the first thing you have to do is remove the knife. How do they show they are trustworthy? By returning to the Iranian deal, he said. He used the technical name for the 2015 nuclear deal, the JCPOA. 
U.S. President Donald Trump withdraw, withdrew from that landmark agreement in May, and the U.S. is set to reimpose sanctions in two phases, the first tomorrow and the second on November 5th. And if they think things were tough before, and they've been tough in Iran here recently because uh, their oil is not worth as much as it had been, and they're, they're of course, suffering because of that, and we've got a lot of oil now, so we're not buying as much. They can't uh, replace uh, the, the thirst of our nation, China and, and India and some of the others. So uh, they're, they're suffering. That's what's happening. They're suffering. Not, it's going to be interesting about how all of that works out. Uh, so they're bracing for the return of sanctions. Iran said the United States was isolated uh, in its hostility to uh, Iran. Uh, of course, American bullying and political pressure may cause some disruption, but the fact is that uh, in the current world, America is isolated. Washington is set to reimpose sanctions on Iran tomorrow following President Trump's decision to abandon the, the nuke deal from 2015, a move opposed by all other parties to the agreement. Idiots. Uh, we deeply regret the reimposition of sanctions by the U.S. Jointly signed, regret the imposition, said EU diplomatic chief Frederica Mogherini in a statement jointly signed with the foreign ministers of Britain, France, and Germany. So what are they getting out of it that they have to have for their economies? And they can only get it from Iran. So you gotta gotta follow the money. There's some there's something else here going at work for those other countries. Just telling you, it's not because they like Iran. "Quote: We're determined to protect European economic operators engaged in legitimate business with Iran." There you have it. Okay, so it's there. Severe reporting uh, restrictions have made it impossible to verify the swirl of claims coming through social media, but journalists did confirm a heavy buildup of riot police yesterday uh, in a town just west of Tehran that has been a focal point of unrest and said uh, mobile Internet had been cut in that area. So much for freedom uh, in Iran, huh? So much for that. So just some things to, th to keep in mind about uh, what's uh, what's going on over there. When we come back, talk about this story today in the paper. Uh, and we talked about it Thursday uh, with uh, J.R. Davis. The state's Medicaid spending falls off. And uh, I'll be talking to Brenda and Joe from uh, Conduit for Action when we get back about this story. And the other thing I want to talk to them about is what Jr. said that they had made some different uh, moves uh, in the government with the um, the budget, so that when we move up to that ten percent range uh, of we have to come up with ten percent for um, the health care, that uh, they've already made sure that we'll have that money. So we'll we'll get their take on that uh, as well. So. Uh, the governor's saying that, hey, we prepared for this. Uh, we're ready uh, when those when those prices go up. Just keep in mind what we got going on. 
So Rick Gates, uh, who's uh, Robert Mueller's uh, star witness, is on the stand in the Manafort case. That's going on right now and happening while we're talking. If anything comes out of it, I'll let you know immediately. But next, Conduit for Action. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM. Back with you to Dave Ellswick Show. Last Thursday, J.R. Davis, the uh, governor spokesman, was here on the show talking about the uh, Medicaid spending fall off that has occurred here in the state. Today in the paper, they have a uh, story uh, about uh, the Medicaid spending fall off, a little bit slow to say the least about it. We had that on Thursday. And today, uh, we want to talk with the folks uh, from Conduit for Action, and they're going to give their take on uh, what they think about that fall off in spending. And Brenda's here, and so is Joe. And guys, how you doing? We just had a little rain here. It's nice to get a little rain once in a while. And uh, the, I, I could have sworn that I heard all the grass go, ah. <laughs> I, I like to scalp at this point of the year so I don't have to mow for a month. <laughs> That's what I like. <laughs> yeah, but Yesterday pro- I had a quick shower like you described. It's like 100 degrees outside when it finished. And if you thought I was in Florida. Yeah, what's well, really. across town like a half a block and it hadn't rained there. Yeah, and what's really weird is after it rains, then it looks like you got low lying fog everywhere. Everything's trying to cool what, what, down. What are they trying to sell us now on Medicaid expansion and how great single payer socialized medicine is now or what? No, they said uh, Andy Davis today says, quote, Arkansas's Medicaid spending fell by $22 million in the fiscal year that ended June 30th. The first annual drop in spending for the program, according to state officials, and J.R. Davis was on here on my show on Thursday, and uh, that was that was his big story that he wanted to talk about uh, during during that day. And let me pass on one other thing to you all. I don't know if you've heard this before. It's the first time I heard J.R. say it, but the uh, the he says that the governor. Uh, they had made some changes with the uh, the budget in the last, I guess, uh, the last time they got together for General Assembly. And uh, we always talk about that our amount of how much we have to pay for Medicaid here in the uh, in the, in the, the state is going to keep going up till it's, what, 10 percent, if I'm not mistaken. He said that they have already made uh, room for that and they got the money they'll have the money to pay it when it becomes due has you all heard that well, well I mean, before you get into the weeds on the exact numbers which they control all the numbers in the governor's office we need to start back with we had an un- uncompensated care issue of let's say arguably 180 million depending on who you talk to and we solved it with $2 billion of spending. Now, because you reduced it to $1.6 billion, 1.9. or whatever it might be, I mean, that's the wrong conversation to have. We should have never done it in the first place. We're spending billion-plus more than we should be spending. And if it goes down $12, who cares? Well, we shouldn't have ever got here. To quote some of our really good friends, Joe, get over it. 
You know, we're we're already committed so to this program. We're here now, so let's talk about going forward. <laughs> yes, but to answer your question, now let's not forget they had planned on eight hundred and fifty-five million dollars, and you know I may be wrong, a few million over a five-year period of reducing traditional Medicaid expenses by that much, and that's what they've done. Now, traditional Medicaid are our most vulnerable citizens. The two percent below, you know, of poverty, the uh, dis frail. disabled children, the medically frail, disabled, costless, of the cost couldn't work if you had to make them try to work. I mean, these are the people who Medicaid is designed for, and so we're going to cut eight hundred and fifty-five million from their program in order to finance. And now we've already made room for it. We're hearing it, and so this article says the expenditures for that group went down. But now they did go up on Medicaid expansion because insurance premiums went up 14%, but don't look at that. Yeah, and these people, half of them probably don't even know they're covered. They just pay the premiums. It's a, it's a, we traded a fixed cost. I, don't know, we're, we're, I guess we're feeling negative today, David. No, I just I wanted, I wanted you all to give me your thoughts on this because, you know, it, one side will always talk about everything is, you know, you know, uh, unicorns and roses. And I wanted you guys to talk and give us some down to the earth look at this as well and saying, yeah, they're, they're saying that, but, you know, maybe you want to read between the lines a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Well, you, I mean, you don't have to do that, Dave. Is You just got to use common sense. Are we spending more than we used to? And our taxes going down. If they're saving all this money, then they're not—they don't need to raise taxes, right? So the task force can go home. <laughs> well, now you know the numbers are. And first of all, let me preface this with: they own the numbers. So we, when we get the numbers from them, the enrollment has dropped uh, from three hundred forty thousand to two hundred eighty-seven thousand of people on expanded Medicaid. Arkansas works. So, you know, that's significant, 60, almost 60,000 people dropped in enrollment. It is an election year, but the expenses of the overall cost of that program have gone up. That's what this article tells us. But, but not, as, not as much as they could have, so they're, they're saving us with single payer. And, you know, okay, it costs more for Medicaid expansion per person, and, you know, it's because of that 14% increase in premiums, but don't forget the state of Arkansas gets to collect 2.5% on those premiums, so we're taxing the federal government for paying for our most unemployed. And like, like 47 of them got a job, right? No, 72. Oh, 72 are so working now, now so let me, let me, a, let me jump in. chipping away at it. Let me, well, let me, we're very hey. cynical. Anyone listening to this would say those people, you know, have an attitude that can't get past themselves, but you know, I know that the uh, tax force met today, they're going to meet tomorrow, and try to figure out how to pass a tax increase and call it a tax cut. So I am angry because I don't want to have to pay for a program for people who can work and don't. Well, that's, that's what Democrats do, and we'd expect that and could accept that with a Democrat majority. These are Republicans. I mean, what, 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 are, what are they about now again? Maybe we should review what Republicans promised. They promised they would end it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we've got a countdown still waiting on that one. 
Dave, are you breathless? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm. I, I learned a long time ago when politicians plan to get rid of any kind of a program. Don't hold your breath because you'll be dead before it happens. Well, you know that 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 brings me to one of the larger issues that I'd like to see if we can't explore, and and it starts at the federal government. You know, the federal government. You, everybody in your audience, likely has an opinion and a consensus in, to some degree on Hillary Clinton and what she got away with, Eric Holder, what he got away with, what Mueller's getting away with now, uh, Senator Menendez from New Jersey, you know, caught red-handed. None of these people get prosecuted and go to jail. Menendez did get prosecuted. He got prosecuted, but he, didn't go, he, he got off scot-free. So you got that at the federal government as the example. And then that flows down to the state, with the, all the bribery and the consulting uh, Medicaid expansion dollars, and then down to Asa Hutchinson three, who got off on a technicality on a DUI, that I guarantee you no, that there's not one other person walking the streets today that would get away with that. So you've got not a Democrat-Republican divide in this country. You have a, either you're part of the kleptocracy or the Politburo, for lack of a better word, and you, you're you insulated from real effective prosecution for crimes that, that are clearly committed, or you're one of us stiffs that are subject to the full weight of the law, especially if they don't like you, and you either, you know, you're connected or you're not connected. And that, you know, the, the, the solution there is, is government is so big that they can't afford to tell on each other because we'd have 10% of the people in government left. And I think it's a club that once you're in it, you're insulated from a lot of this stuff, but you've got to go along to get along. And probably some of our friends, probably some of the people that we respect, they've accepted this. So now we have government that is is the end I mean, it's not the means to an end. It is the end for these people, and they don't want to destroy it by actually holding each other accountable. We're, we're so far beyond that. Now it's either you're with them or you're not with them. So the government is hereby the biggest industry in the world, certainly in this country, and either you're with them or you're against them, and it doesn't matter. DRR doesn't seem that, – that's just a distraction. You know, it's – to hide everything they're doing and to me it's closer to communism in reality than most people believe well and, either you, and, you submit know, to the state or and you get you get away with most everything you're you're very insulated or you're just one of us stiffs out here protesting and if you're effective enough they come after you trump being an example <laughs> yeah i mean it doesn't matter if it's trump or a, a democrat that's effective. I mean, what Democrat's going to go get elected and go up there and say, we need to prosecute all you that are doing something wrong? I mean, that's never going to happen. Well, they do everything. The media. You got to protect. And and when I say they, D or R doesn't matter. It's, It's the government. And that's what every listener should be very concerned about. And the only cure for that is have government have less money and less power. There's no other way to fix it. Well, here's the key. And, and, it's been going on since the uh, the the mid forties, and 
as the United States became more and more socialist, that makes government more and more uh, bigger. And as it became bigger, more and more elitists are at the top. And they're the ones that that you're talking about, Joe, and that I know this, you know this, just about anybody who's been watching knows this. That's where, uh, you know, Mother jo- or, uh, you know, the, 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 the Statue of Justice uh, looks under the blindfold for those folks, but not for us. Uh, absolutely right. There's so many examples of it, but we all get distracted by all the other superficial, when you really think about it, superficial issues that divide us. Well, they're built to be a distraction. That's in right. Perspective. Uh, I've said it many times, is the way the political class works today is just like a professional wrestling industry. You know, they'll come out in front of us in the newspaper and, and throw insults and fight and, and, and say what they believe, but then they go back to the dressing room and they're all buddies and count up how much money they made that day. You know, we were reminded about how you can disagree with your friends and your friends decide they don't like you anymore. Uh, let's talk about term limits, for example. Um, you know, we, we had the Internet sales tax as an issue, and you could be on either side of that, but we came down finally on the position, we just want smaller government, and to give you more tax under any excuse is not acceptable. So with our current um, term limits proposal that we'll get to vote on now, I hope, in November, um, you know, we're at the stage, maybe longer term limits are better, but we just need to clean house. I don't care how you get there. Well, and, and the argument you hear on these term limits is a reasonable argument if you don't really have a beat on what is going on in government, because, you know, I want some people to stay in there longer, but they're not willing to simplify government so that a shorter term would be functional. You know, I would have, I would have concede the point that being in there for six years or eight years, you're, you're not as effective as if you've been there 12 years because you know more. You, you have a better view of things, and you can get more things done. But why don't we simplify government, make it have less control of people's lives, pass less laws so that anybody walking in on the street can study for a couple of weeks and give you a, a reasonable decision of what the people want? Let's, let's do that instead of saying the bureaucracy is going to take over. Let's, let's fix the bureaucracy. All right. We got to get a break in. Let's do that. We'll come back, talk more. Brenda's with us. Joe's with us. Conduit for Action. Conduitforaction.org is our website. Got a great story about Medicaid there today. You should take a look at it, read it, kind of a take it in and, and read the story in the paper then today as well and uh, see see if there's some holes in those stories that that uh, you've been hearing all right on dave ellswick show remind you about what's going on with david lucas and he wants you to know that there's 567 different ways to claim your social security benefits 2728 rules in the social security handbook i don't know about you but uh, i don't know 565 different ways to claim your social security benefits and I know very few of those rules that they're talking about. And then on top of it, the uh, Social Security Administration can't and is actually forbidden to offer you any personalized advice whatsoever. So what are you to do? I mean, you're kind of out in the cold trying to figure all of this out. 
you know, with uh, no headlights for your car and driving down a, a back, uh, you know, uh, wooded uh, street that has no lights. Well, you need to get a copy of the uh, 2018 Guide to Social Security, and you need to get a hold of uh, David Lucas and let him help you and then get yourself a free guide and start wallowing through that and read it before you're at the very end of making the time to make your decision about all this so you know kind of what's going on. So to get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501 653-6690. You don't want to leave thousands of dollars on the table during your retirement. Get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. Number again, 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, let's get back. We uh, got time with uh, Joe and with Brenda from Conduit for Action. Their website, conduitforaction.org. You should go check that out a couple times a week to see what new information that they've written up uh, to take a close look at what the government is saying. And you can do like everybody else does, kind of kind of thread your way through and, and sift your way through and, and see what's uh, true and what's not. And let me just say real quickly, because I'm going to talk about this next hour, it's important that you do that because – you may not have much longer to be able to do it, at least on uh, the Internet, because the big boys in power, the Googles and the Facebooks and the Twitters and all the rest, are now making the call about who gets to stay on those uh, uh, launch pads and, and who doesn't get to stay on them. And let me just say that the people who do most of the hate speech, as they call it, are conservative groups, they say. That means pretty soon uh, you'll be looking for a different way to get uh, the information that you need. But you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, just think about what's in the news about uh, the racism uh, that, you know, if, if your skin is not something other than white, you cannot be a racist. You yep. cannot be considered one. And, and to me, you know, I don't get it. I mean, racism is bad, but let's, let's all agree on a definition of it, and then we stick by it. I, I was impressed with when uh, U.S. Congressman Rick Crawford came out saying, we're just going to use texting from now on to, to communicate with our constituents. And I told our guys, you know, let's, let's consider that because, um, you know, it's not that there won't be a time when your texts are not allowed, you know, that private communication. But I think that, um, you know, when you don't own a media and they own your information, you're vulnerable. Now, I'm considered, you know, um, old-fashioned and crazy in my arena, my office, because I like to own my own information, but uh, anyhow. Well, just consider what, what a person would do if they had the founder's views and everybody in the media was not able to object because they were regulated by the federal government. I mean, what kind of a country would we have at that point, and are we close to that now, which is what you're alluding to yeah i mean you just look at some of the stories that are breaking loose day after day and if you guys are hold we'll come back after the news because we're coming we're coming up on just let me talk us into the break here but we've got uh some problems going on in this country when you have the a series of elitists that are sitting at the very top and they're going to make the decision on whether what you say should be allowed to be on 
you know, Facebook or Twitter or uh, out there on any other means of mass communications on the Internet. They make the call. Now, it's they're private businesses, and I understand all that. But you need to look quickly and, 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 and very clearly at this because soon you're only going to get one side. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show on a Monday, a new week underway. A little bit of rain here in the area, but it uh, looks like it's moving out. Just a scattered shower. Chances of rain will increase as the week goes on. About a 30% chance for the rest of uh, this afternoon and tonight. Get up to 40% tomorrow. Uh, Thursday night, up to 50 And then uh, we'll hold, uh, or Tuesday night, we'll hold through Tuesday night all the way until Friday. Uh, around 50 to up to 1.70%. So we're going to get some rain this this week, and we need some rain in the area. All right, we've got the folks uh, with us from Conduit for Action. Conduitforaction.org is their website. Uh, Brenda and Joe with us. And uh, on the, the phone calling in is, is it Carol, did you say? Is it Carol? All right. Carol, I, all right, whoop, we lost uh, Joe and, and Brenda, but Carol, go ahead. Oh. Well, I wanted to thank Joe and Brenda for their work and what they do. Um, I think so much like Joe, <laughs> his head could be on my shoulders. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <clears throat> and the people, we, we are responsible for what's going on. We have for so long, at least some of us, <laughs> that we're not involved uh have not really taken notice of who we're electing. We know somebody or, you know, we believe what they say in the ads. Um, People need to research. This man has never, our governor, has never run a business. He's been a lawyer his entire life. Um, I've known him since he was a little boy. And um, he is totally owned. He's He's a rhino, and there's a reason that being a rhino is a dangerous. They, they are the swamp animals, by the way. He was um, Marco Rubio um, aficionado because they, they believe in open borders. Why is that? Well, because Walmart and Tyson like open borders, and that's who gives the big money. We're talking corporatism. Now he's trying to get us involved with our enemy, the Chinese, and where are the taxpayers? They're going to um, give them all kinds of breaks to come here and put in a business so they can go and spy on us. There were two just caught recently. I think last week, stealing technology from our rice uh, research place down in Svetgard. I mean, I just don't understand uh, how we can keep on doing this uh, and expect an outcome that's going to be different. This governor supported uh, all the bad guys that have been charged uh, with criminal activity, and then he saw to it that the two most conservative people up there uh, Linda Collins-Smith and uh, Brian King, who had offered bills for, on ethics that he would not allow to come to the floor. He also wouldn't allow the uh, transgender bathroom issue to come to the floor. He didn't want to deal with that. And so uh, you need to find out who, what they believe, if they've been in business. Uh, you can't expect a man who's been nothing but a lawyer his entire life to run a, run a country of the state like a business because he doesn't know that. And if people would really like to know uh, all the way back, and he likes to brag about um, an, the episode up at the uh, 
cross and sword and arm of the Lord or whatever he called it. They, that was propaganda, by the way. Gordon Call was not a member of that. And if you really want to know what happened in that thing, you need to try to find a little paperback book called There Was a Man, and it's the saga of Gordon Call, K-A-H-L. And that was written by two men, a man named Capstan Turner and uh, A.J. Lowry. And uh, they're very credible people. They researched it well. I I just admonish anybody in Arkansas, if they really want to know who Asa Hutchison is, read that book. That man was a World War II hero. Uh, he had multiple. I mean, he, he flew 55 hours uh, or 55 missions, 287 hours over Germany. And all of the major battles, he got nine battle starts for for fighting all these different major battles. And he had two Purple Hearts, uh, five Bronze Stars, two Silver Stars, and he gets treated like he's um, a criminal. Uh, you need to read the book and see who what really happened. And I, I'm not even going to tell you how bad it got. All right, well, hey, Carol, I've got uh, Joe and uh, Brenda back on here if you want to say thanks to them personally. I will. Hi, Carol. Yeah, they're right there right now. All Go right. ahead. Thank we you, Joe and Brenda. We got a compliment. We sure want to hear it. Well, I just want to thank you so much for your steady hand and, and constant work and vigilance to help us, the people out here that can't do what you're doing, Um for us, and I, I'm, I've been praying that people would wake up and start studying their, their, the people they're electing. And uh, I mean, we've got it is so biased uh, at our capital. Uh, I, Paul Harrell has just done a wonderful job on conduit and um, and pointing out because we didn't have anybody pointing out. Now Jerry Cox has done a good job for a lot of years pointing out, at least on the ethics end of it and the family issues and social issues, but. Um, I really appreciate what you guys have done and are doing for the people. It, and we just got to get more of the word out that that's where they need to go for information. But I hope they will also go and find this little book, There Was a Man, The Saga of Gordon Call, a true story by Capstan Turner and A.J. Lowry. K-A-H-L is the man's name. That's the man that they murdered, shot in the back of the head, and then butchered him up in North Arkansas. All right, Carol, I'm going to have to move on. I've got uh, Tony from Rogers with us. And, Tony, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm doing great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Your uh, your question or comment for uh, Brenda and for Joe? Well, uh, one of the problems that we have is that our uh, own uh, state legislature does not obey the Arkansas Constitution, nor does it bother to enforce or follow the U.S. Constitution. One of the things I like to bring up is why are we paying property taxes since our land, it says in the Arkansas Constitution, that all the land within the borders of the state of Arkansas are to be considered a low deal and treated as such. That means tax-free. That's a good question. And why are we not hitting that? Okay, let's let Joe and let's let Brenda talk about that. And thanks for calling in here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Guys, your take on that. I've had that conversation with uh, Anton, and 
who is big enough to make that happen is the question. Uh, right or wrong seems to not be uh, the the issue to focus on. It's who can make what is right happen and what is wrong cease. And there there's a cabal. It's it's big government that can't exist with with the proper constitutional constraints. And who has the incentive, the the time, the money to make things right is the question. Because we can all, like I said in the previous half hour, is this government is out of control. It's not whether the Democrats run it or the Republicans run it. And I, Dave, honestly, five years ago, eight years ago, I would have said, you know, get more Republicans, and if they do what they say, then we'll have a better country. But I'm, a, you know, I'm getting a little bit jaded about that. It's big government at all levels, all parties, that that is the issue. It's the elites cementing their position of power with ever-increasing term limits, ever-increasing money to handle as it goes through their hands, raking off a percentage for their industry to thrive. I mean, it's, it would probably be better career path for somebody to be a politician than an engineer in this country today. Now, that is very sad, but that is, I think, where we are. All right, let's go talk to Bill in Little Rock. Bill, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Doing well, Dave. Thank you for the time. Um, so I voted for Asa the first time he ran for governor, and uh, uh, but in this last primary, the uh, I, I voted against him. And um, uh, But being that he's the only Republican and being as, what he's showing his cards as, uh, I don't think I could vote for him. And I sure don't think I can vote for a Democrat. looks like the only thing I'm left with is um, the uh, uh, the other party. I can't remember. Libertarian. They are. Libertarian. That's the only one I'm left with. I don't know anything about this guy. Well, it's almost like we could pick the phone something. book up, you know, thumb through it, pick a name, and, and maybe get a better deal. Maybe. It's sad that we've allowed this. But then again, you know, who is your state representative and, and your state senator, Bill? Uh, state senator is, uh, oh, gee, I can't tell you. Okay. Um, don't know. Who's your state rep? Don't know. Okay. These, are the races, these are the races that we need to, to you know, pay attention to conduit. Uh, during these primaries, and we've, we have certainly indicated your choices, but it seems like the Democrats are voting more and more for the for the most liberal Republican and swinging those primaries, the Republican primaries. So, Amen. You know, find out who they are, go to Conduit and find out how they scored, and you'll know how to vote in your in your legislative races. And that and that may because the governor is not the king. You know, this no. one is acting like one. And he thinks he's one, and the legislature is letting him, letting him be one, but it's not how it's supposed to be. All right. We recently visited uh, with a, a state legislator who was talking about the task force uh, and the task task force is coming out with their recommendations soon about you know what to do with the tax code to reform it, how to reform it, and he said, uh, "Well, really." 
we all know that they're just going to bring consultants in to give whatever predetermined outcome recommendation that they already want, and they're just going to give them an excuse. Now, this is a state legislator telling us this, which is, of course, what we've been saying already. I don't think he was just repeating what he thought we wanted to hear. But, Bill, find out. Be, you know, you can call someone with conduit if you like. We'll, we'll help you get the name of your legislator, your senator, your house member. Let those people know how you feel, and maybe they'll become like this guy and vote with him, and that's one more vote against no more, uh, no more income, no more higher taxes. Well, All right, we got. Hold on, on Joe. That. Joe, I got to hold when, you when up. When you do that, that the governor is going to not make sure that they're not on any powerful committees if you don't go along with him. I mean, it is a real racket down there. All right, I need you all to hold on. We got to get our final break in. Let's do that. We got Brendan, Joe, Conduit for Action uh, on with us today. And Bill, go to conduitforaction.org, read their articles, and, uh, you know, move from uh, that particular. And don't forget that we've got our uh, morning show here on uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Paul Harrell's on from 6 a.m. until 8 a.m. Dave Ellswick's show. Don't forget about my friends over at Aero Plumbing. You need a good plumber. Don't have to worry about plumber's uh, pencil holder anymore because they wear uniforms uh, that fit them, that uh, they'll show up looking uh, like professionals that they are. Uh, you use Aero Plumbing. If they don't put on their little uh, booties that they they wear when they come in to work on your house, or if you're not 100% satisfied with the service they've done, they're going to, they being Aero Plumbing, refund all your money and if a repair fails in the first year they'll make sure they repair it again at no charge and they also have a no lemon guarantee which means that if they install a piece of equipment or a fixture that uh, they've uh, provided installed it in your home uh, and it doesn't perform the way it's supposed to if you have any piece of equipment that fails three times in the first year Hey, they're going to replace that item at no charge to you. That's what they do at Aero Plumbing. Go to aeroplumbing.net or Google Aero Plumbing for more information. All right, we've got just a few moments, about seven minutes here to finish up this section with the folks from Conduit for Action. I can't uh, strongly enough suggest that you go to conduitforaction.org and read some of the articles that are there uh, you'll find a lot of information you'll get nowhere else uh, but from their particular website. With that, let's get back to uh, Brenda and to Joe. Been a pretty good show today. Had some pretty good callers to call in as well. Uh, you guys take about uh, what we should be watching for tomorrow. Well, let me first say, Dave, that uh, those callers were, you know, great. Uh, we, you know, obviously, we, you know, we're we're capable of taking those calls. And, you know, the other side as well. But and more importantly, I think, is I'd like to thank the sponsors that sponsor your show, uh -huh. the 101, the answer. You know, we have it on good authority that some of the people that we've talked about advertising have been intimidated to not advertise with us and not associate with us. And I just wanted to thank your sponsors for hanging with you. And if there's advertisers out there that are bold enough to support this kind of uh radio it's going to be needed in the future all right well i appreciate that i really do because yeah there's been a couple of times that i've covered stories that uh the left 
absolutely hate one of those is coming up next month when I'll be back in Washington for hold their feet to the fire dealing with the whole process of illegal immigration. Boy, there's people. Ooh, well, right. I'm more worried about the right than the left. Yeah, well, they're uh, both they're both into a deep web, uh, website, Conduit News website next week, and we'll we'll talk to you about it next Monday. But okay, it's pretty exciting advancement. I mean, you know, we started with just the different conduits in the Paul Harrell Show, and now Conduit News is our hub, sort of like Fox News. You know, we're Arkansas's version, I guess. But um, we do enjoy every time we're on your show. You know, I. I told you that I thought it was a really good editorial on the paper today on First Amendment, you know, free speech. And it's nice that we still have free speech on your show. Yeah, right yeah, now we do. Dave, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. All right. Well, I'm going to let you guys go. I just got to tell you that I don't know how long that free speech is going to last. I fought in the free speech movement. I would have been considered a leftist at that time with Berkeley and people being able to say what they want to say and communicate the ideas they wanted to communicate. But now it's the left. It's the, that side that's fighting to take all, away all of those rights again. And uh, we're going to be fighting them come uh, January when the session comes up. We want to put a stop to any college or any high school telling uh, groups that they can't you know, be on campus, that if you happen to be Turning Point USA, you got to leave the campus like they had, they had them leave up at ASU. All of that, safe spaces, all of that has got to stop. Well, now, Dave, that, that is a big issue like you bring out. I think an equally important issue is we are not allowed to speak at many Republican events these days. Well, that's and, wrong, and that too. That is a tragedy. You know, they'll try to demonize what we say, but they never give an example of us not telling the truth. Yeah, well, that, I'm going to tell you what, Joe, that's wrong. That shouldn't happen. Well, happening. I know it happens, and it shouldn't happen, okay? I appreciate you. All right. We will talk to you later. It's Dave Ellswick's show here on uh, 1011 FM, The Answer. Look, no one should be able, uh, ever afraid of opinions and ideologies because if, you, if you're afraid to even let them be talked about, then that's when you're going to find yourself on the short end of the stick. I'm just telling you, it can happen to you. Don't want that to happen. People have been afraid of opinions and ideologies for a lot longer than we've been thinking about history. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that. All right, let me, uh, lastly, during this hour, before we get to Robert Steinbach and the First Amendment uh, in the next hour, don't forget about fresh vegetables and fruits right off the farm. Get them at Holland Bottom Farms on 321 in Cabot. Choose from a great selection of watermelons and okra, tomatoes, cantaloupes, jalapeno peppers, sweet lunchbox peppers. How about red, yellow, orange, and green bell peppers? Add a little bit of color to your uh, uh, you know, salads. Or how about adding a little heat, like some cayenne peppers? Holland Bottom Farms has delicious peaches blackberries, blueberries, Robin Hood honey taken from hives located on the farm. Eat healthy with Holland Bottom Farm and Cabot off of Highway 321. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Close now on Sunday. So coming up in our next hour, uh, Robert Steinbach will join me, and we will be talking about the wonderful world of the First Amendment. I'm a huge believer in the First Amendment, Second Amendment, the Constitution uh, in its entirety. And uh, I stand behind it. I fight for it. I served in the military to defend it. 
and uh, we will come back and talk about the First Amendment of the Constitution that uh, talks about freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to gather together, freedom of you know presenting your uh, the redresses that you have. All of that we're going to get into in the next hour. But right now we're going to take a break because we've got news coming your way. We'll give you five minutes of the latest that's happening around the world. Stick with us. We'll be back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It is the final hour of the Monday show of the Dave Ellswick Show here at 101.1 FM. The answer and uh, Robert Steinbach is joining us and we will be talking to him for the next hour. And we'll be talking about, I think, something that's very, very, very serious. I had just talked to him a moment ago and said, you know what? Hadn't seen much to talk about, and then I forgot that there was a huge story that was out that we needed to address here, and and there's several different facets to it. Now, remember, Robert is a uh, professor of law at the Bowen School of Law here in Little Rock at UALR, and uh, his opinions are his and his alone, although I would hope that most of the uh, the lawyers and students that are coming out of Bowen School of Law would have his belief in First Amendment speech, just like he does. And with that said, Robert, I told you know I don't know why I didn't bring this up. There is a huge story that is uh, out there right now, all over the place, that needs to be talked about and talked about seriously. And that is the way that Apple, the way that uh, the folks uh, from Facebook and Twitter. And Spotify mm-hmm. and everybody mm-hmm. else is acting towards Alex Jones. Now, mm. you know how I feel about Alex Jones. I know Alex Jones. I think Alex Jones is is a charlatan, personally, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. a lot of the things that he believes in. But people have the right, to, I think, to, to consume his product if they so desire. Now we've got uh, all of these... Uh, owned properties, and that in itself poses a problem. But you have Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, and uh, and 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 uh, who else we got? We've got the folks from Apple taking his shows off, so people can't yeah, hear right. them, can't see them, can't mm-hmm. listen to them, or whatever. And I I understand that they're owned by a company, and that mm-hmm. they can have the right to say what can be on and what can't be on. But that is, if, as far as I'm concerned, it's a dangerous thing that we're treading on now because when you can start knocking off one guy, you can knock off whomever you want. Right. Look, you're raising the broader issue. This is, as just to be clear for your audience, as you know already, the First Amendment stops government from interfering with your right to free speech. That's correct. It doesn't stop private parties. Meaning, if you walk into a job at Apple or Walmart, to use an Arkansas example, or anywhere else, other, by the way, I'm not talking about if you work for the state. Far more complicated, and we can talk about that later. But if you walk into any private company, they can tell you, you're not allowed to say anything about such and such. And they're perfect. It's perfectly legal to do. Why? Because the First Amendment doesn't stop private individuals from entering into relationships in which the the 
more powerful, shall we say, or whatever, or the employer, to keep it simple, uh, restricts your speech rights. It only stops the government. How does and how does the government? How can the government stop your speech? In one of two ways, generally. One, making a law. Uh, saying you can't talk about these things or in these places or in this context or over the air on the radio, all these kinds of things, or government as employer. Now, government as employer, when the government is an employer, it has some aspects of being a private employer, but not entirely. And so there's a body of case law that says, guess what? The government employer can't do exactly the same thing that the private employer can. And by the way, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, part of the lawsuit that I have, as you likely know, against the University of Arkansas involves those issues, those free academic slash free speech, academic freedom slash free speech issues. Uh, in any event, the, the broader point that you're making correctly is whether or not the First Amendment protects this uh, free speech in the private industry, and it doesn't. The idea of freedom of speech is more than just the First Amendment. The idea of freedom of speech is, I believe in freedom of spe uh, speech, whether or not there's a constitutional amendment. And why? And when you have private companies that are hosting third parties, right, so it's a sort of different scenario than history has presented, right? It used to be TV stations hosted their own content. Radios host their own content. Well, now, internet providers uh, host other people's content. Apple hosts other people's content. Uh, and so, they are saying, oh, well, we don't like this content. And I, like you, agree. I don't like that content. But the fact that they don't like that content is also allowing them to shape perceptions in society in a way that has never been done before. And so it raises ethical issues, not necessarily legal issues, but ethical issues, whereby the liberal organ uh, companies like Apple, there's no doubt, it's a liberal company, is striking the, the speakers who are conservative. Uh, and Alex Jones you and I agree on him, uh, but there's no doubt that whatever he says, good and bad, or good or bad, I should say, is on the conservative end of the spectrum. And here's the question. Are they doing it about the left-wing stuff? And the answer, uh, undoubtedly, is no. I haven't so, seen anybody like exactly. BuzzFeed get knocked off of the Internet. Exactly. Exactly. And so there is a bias going on. Look, the media in general has had a liberal bias, and we've known that for a long time. This is pre-Trump, by the way. Now that it's post-Trump, it's, it's much more exaggerated. There's no question about it. And, and then you hear the, the folks on the left say, what about uh, Fox? Yeah, Fox is right of center, but that's a, not that big of a piece in the grand scheme of things, although they, gain, they have a huge market share these days because people are hungry for uh, news that are, is not biased to the left. Is Fox biased to the right? Well, I'll let you decide, but people are tired of the bias to the left. They'd probably like something neutral, but if they can't get neutral, they'll also take bias to the right. Uh, and that's, that's the problem right now. And now the media, the left-based left media, is really all out 
at war with Trump, and they've stopped. They really have stopped trying to even claim being uh, unbiased, as far as I can tell, although perhaps they use those words still. I read the New York Times. I've read the New York Times since I was literally a kid, and I've always said, well, the New York Times is, is kind of left of center, but I've never thought they were dramatically left of center. I, I'm not joking, and I don't believe myself to be exaggerating. I read the New York Times now, and I read some of these articles, and particularly the headlines, which are not written by the authors. They're written by separate editors, and they are just direct attacks on Trump. Oh, now, yeah. They Look, they don't have to like Trump. I don't. They, they can have an editorial board policy that says Trump is the devil. Whatever. They're entitled to that. But on the news side, where they're at least perhaps positing that they're not completely biased, you read some of these stories, and some of them are just so transparently biased. Some are less so. i got to tell you, it's, it's kind of a mishmash. But they are so transparently biased to the left. So now you see in the private sector where Apple and these other companies are hosting other content, striking co- Twitter, for example, right? Another example yeah. of where they're kind of striking far more conservative content than they are liberal content. Is it, is it nonsense content? Maybe. But when you start filtering it, it's a dangerous road to go down is all I'm saying. And I'm not saying this is a legal issue. This is an ethical issue. And if they want to manage content, that's a different operation. Then you've got a lot more than you, that you better be filtering than just the conservative stuff because there are a bunch of crackpots on the far left as well, and I don't see that being filtered the same way. And the same thing, by the way, about academia. This, this rolls into a very interesting study that just came out uh, that says that conservatives in academia, if, when they go to get a job, uh, uh, get a job at a, a much lower-ranked school than the liberals do. Why? Why? Because there is a bias against conservatives in academia. And by the way, as we know, and the article touches on this as well, something we've talked about in the past already, conservatives don't get hired nearly as much as liberals in academia. And the left for years have been saying this is self-selection. Conservatives don't want jobs in academia. Nonsense. I know plenty of conservatives who want jobs in academia. And the irony is, whenever the left sees a lack of uh, an identical uh, representation of any group in business, oh, there are insufficient women there, there are insufficient uh, African-Americans, insufficient um, Hispanics, insufficient compared to what? Compared to their representation in society in general, says the left, they scream racism. And the problem is, They don't seem to scream bias when it comes to the lack of conservatives in academia. They've got all sorts of explanations that come forth. The truth is there is a bias in academia. Uh, While their explanations could be true, that's what conservatives have always been saying about the lack of perfect representation across all sorts of uh, organizations, is just because the numbers don't match up doesn't mean there is racism. That's true. Uh, but but the left doesn't want to hear that they need to prove more. Uh, the, the truth is there is a bias. There is outward discrimination against conservatives in academia. All right, hey, Robert. Yes, sir. I got a call. I got a caller wants Wait. to join. Jump in with this. Robbie is in Maumel. Robbie, how are you? 
Great. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, yes, they are private companies, Facebook, uh, Amazon, I mean, Facebook, Apple, YouTube. However, uh, so are the inter- so are the electrical companies. They're private companies as well. And th- these are like public utilities that are offered protections under the government that, are, that do protect them from uh, certain lawsuits against certain things. So what would stop then, say, uh, the electric company from saying, well, we don't like the type of business you're in, so therefore, since we're a private company, uh, we don't care that you pay your bills. We're just going to shut you off, and you go out and get your own electricity. You go out and set in your own mines. You go, you go build up all your own infrastructure for yourself because we're libertarians. Well, they're not libertarians. They're, they're protected by the government. So therefore, they're not a true private company. All right, let's turn that let's turn that over to uh, Robert and listen in what he has to say. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah, uh, uh, Robbie or Bobby raises Robbie the, the Robbie the excellent analogy. The question actually is exactly as Robbie said: Do modern day companies that host information operate more like a utility, which are regulated by the government? Or do they operate like a Walmart, which is just a private business? That question remains open. And in truth, I believe there are aspects of both. So I don't have a definitive answer to that question. But Robbie has honed in exactly on the right issue. The more they look like a public utility, the more they can be regulated. Now, the, here's how they do look like a public utility. They're providing a service like the phone company, uh, like he says, like the electric company. Here's where they don't quite look like a utility. They're not monopolistic. The one We, we regulate utilities because it's really hard to get a competitor to offer you electricity when there's only one company that owns the electric lines. It, was, it used to be years ago hard to get another phone company when the phone lines were owned by one company. But when that was broken up, Uh, and so you could get different phone companies, actually, then it became less utility-like. So I don't have a clear answer on it, but that's exactly the right question. Kudos to Robbie. All right, quick break. Let's take that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. My guest, my good friend, Robert Steinbach, who is a legal professor at the Bowen School of Law, works over at UALR. His opinion, his opinion only, not those necessarily of the school or of the School of Law. We'll come back. If you got a question, 823-0965. Hey, look, most of us, or a good percentage that are listening right now, are on Facebook, or on Instagram, or on Twitter, or whatever. How much should they be able to control what you say on their particular platforms? We're going to continue talking about this, and then how? who decides what's hate speech? Who decides which is overly sexual speech? Got a lot to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Did you know there are 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits? 2,728 rules in the Social Security Handbook. And guess what? Let's make matters even worse. The Social Security Administration is actually forbidden by the government to offer you any personalized advice. So you're totally on your own. No wonder why as much as $10 billion in benefits go unclaimed every year. So this is where David Lucas steps in. Learn how you can wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. It's from David Lucas, home of the, uh, or host of the David Lucas Show, right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. To get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. 
Don't leave thousands upon thousands of dollars on the table with your Social Security retirement benefits. Get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. That number again, 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, when we we come back here, we've got Robert Steinbach with us. Of course, Robert uh, with UALR and the Bowen School of Law, but his opinions are his and his alone. And that's the last time I'm going to say that. That should keep the uh, university happy. Uh, There's an article on Media Matters, uh, which is not uh, the most conservative uh, bastion of con- you know conservative thought. It, it's a very liberal, liberal website. Uh, they are talking that uh, I'm, I'm amazed that they're even allowing put, using this kind of terminology. Facebook is well known as a breeding ground for misinformation. They got a particular problem with disseminating false and misleading messages about climate change science. Now, false and misleading to Media Matters is it doesn't align with what Media Matters thinks. If Media Matters doesn't believe what you're saying, then, of course, you are just, uh, you know, somebody is out there spouting that the earth is is flat. They said that uh, a video posted in June by the Daily Signal, which, by the way, is a very good a uh, piece of uh, place to go to get information from the Heritage Foundation uh, is titled "While Why Climate Change is Fake News. Uh, Mark Morano has uh, been on uh, and doing that. Uh, he's a longtime spokesperson and blogger for uh, climate uh, denial is what he is. And uh, he outlines three things that the left gets wrong about climate change. And they say that all three are common and easily debunked myths. Uh, a guy by the name of Nusatelli from The Guardian notes that Facebook's viewership numbers are likely inflated, but the video has still reached a lot of people. He says the video has been shared over 75,000 times. And so there is all kinds of pressure, says uh, Media Matters now, that Facebook take climate change deniers off the Facebook page. This is the stuff I'm saying that worries me, Robert, that uh, they're going to go in and and uh, on their own just decide what is the truth on these uh, pages instead of letting the reader decide what is the truth or the, the viewer decide what is the truth. They're just going to make it impossible to get out any other information but the prevailing, you know, one that everybody considers the truth. Well, it's it's even more perverse than that, right? Because it's not only the issue of climate change. It's any right-left issue. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, I know you know. I mean, uh, I just want to emphasize this point, which is that any time the left sees something that they don't like, uh, in modern day, I'm talking, you know, last 10 years uh, or so, there's this new movement. It's really remarkable that they, they no longer are wedded to the notions of free speech that they championed. Okay, hold, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Gonna We're going to talk about this in the next yeah. half hour because it's yeah. a really, really important topic. So yeah. Dave Ellswick show, Robert and I will be back after the news, which happens right now. All right, back. And uh, let's get back, talk to Robert some more if you're on your way home. 
not a light topic today, but a very serious topic today about who makes up their minds. What is hate speech? Well, you know, should a should a climate uh, somebody who doesn't believe in climate change even be uh, able to put something up on uh, the web, uh, a story that says uh, no, that's just a bunk, a bunch of bunk, etc. And Robert, I'm going to turn it over to you because I'm just telling sure. you that is serious, serious stuff. Well, and as I was saying before the break, that the left has this new movement, uh, it's, it's, I would say, less than 10 years old, where they are defining away all forms of speech with which they disagree. And they're saying, they're defining, they're saying, that's not speech. That's something else. They say hate speech is not speech. And as I've mocked them on your show many times, well, you guys aren't that bright. If you keep calling it speech, call it hate something else instead of hate speech. But the problem is it is speech. So they don't know what else to call it. And they tell you hate speech is not speech. But by the way, analogously, they say, uh, oh, uh, discrimination can't apply to white folks. They just define away that possibility. So they, they have this new movement of, changing the meaning of words to fit their agenda. And it's just butchery to the English language and common sense. They say there's, that there are multiple sexes. By the way, I just heard a biologist on a podcast who said, no, you, there's this notion of gender now that is sort of uh, psychological or in the brain. Uh, I, I'm not sure I know the difference between psychological and psychiatric, um, but it's not biological. He said there are essentially two biological sexes, and then there is this notion of intersex. It's a very small percentage of people born with both, but it's like point zero something percent. Um, but other than that, there's male and female, but that doesn't mean you can't be born as a male and say, well, I view myself differently and the, and he who's a liberal says but the left keeps conflating the two and they keep trying to tell people well there are multiple sexes no no sorry biology doesn't work that way biology is not political so biology doesn't work that way calling something that is speech that comes out of your mouth uh, essentially in a sound way not spit uh, as not speech is nonsense uh, it's all of this kind of make-believe uh, agenda coming out of the left and they they try to regulate what we're saying uh they said as you know well facebook uh, and uh, weaponized these false narratives weaponized people said things that you don't believe that may be false that's not weaponizing that's speaking could be lying yeah that happens right. all the time in every election. So I don't like it. I don't want lies propagated, but you cannot regulate free speech based on your determination of what is a lie, because, of course, then guess what? He who is in power will determine that's what right. is a lie. That, that's, that's simple. See, that's what everybody's got to understand. Right. The, the left, for whatever reason, this has eluded them because this is going to come back and bite them in the ass. I'm just telling you. Of course. You. Just like it did with the with the filibuster rule, they they had themselves a field day for what, like an hour and a half. When at the end of Obama's term, they decided to do away with the filibuster for all judges except nine of them, and then they pushed through their judges. Okay, they're entitled to. By the way, that's how the rules work. They were allowed to kill the filibuster for 
judges. And so they killed it for every judge except a handful of them. And then when the Republicans and the Republicans warned them and said, listen, don't do this because, yeah, we don't like what's going to happen now, but we're telling you it's going to bite you in the ass. And an hour and a half later, when the Republicans took control of the Senate and they did away with the filibuster, for those remaining nine judges, the, the, the left's face, faces melted. Oh, my gosh, how could you do it? How could we do it? You, you did you it. The president. You That's right. It. You did it. You just did it. Like it was 15 minutes ago. You just did it. Do you not see that you just did it? That's how we did it. And sure enough, we just got confirmed one uh, justice, and we're going to get the next one, Kavanaugh, uh, done momentarily. Absolutely yeah. momentarily. So this is the left. They don't seem to understand that uh, uh, um, killing the idea of free speech, which protects bad speech. From whatever perspective you're coming from, good speech doesn't need protection. So it protects bad speech is going to benefit you one day. Be careful what you wish for. Yep. They don't seem to understand it. No, well, they don't. They have very short-term memory loss. They really do. They really do. And it's, uh, you know, as a political strategy, it's a bad idea. And, and, and as we talked about before, even the terminology that they use, they weaponized Facebook, they weaponized speech. Oh, they say, well, oh my gosh, what'd they do? They said something we disagree with. That's not weaponizing speech. No. That's speech. Yeah. That's what speech is. You say something, and I say something. And if we're debating, then guess what? We disagree with each other. That disagreement is not the weaponization of speech. I'm not sure what the weaponization of speech is. Weaponizing something means taking it in a form that it's not routinely used for. Speech is routinely used to communicate ideas with which you disagree. So weaponization in the context of speech, much like hate speech, in the context of speech, are terms that are just nonsense. That's the problem. They are jamming terms in. Oh, the people go, oh, my God, they weaponized it. They weaponized What they do, put it on the front of a missile? No, they used speech for their own purposes. Well, that's not weaponization. That's communication. That's debate. And, yeah, I get that you disagree with it. And guess what? You might even be right. The conservative might be wrong. But that's what speech is all about. It's about communicating ideas that w- uh, about which we disagree, because communicating ideas on which we do agree, which is happens all the time. We, you and I, dis- uh, you and I agree most of the time. You, Dave Ellswick, and I, Rob Steinbuck, agree most of the time. So it's not that you can't communicate ideas on which we agree, but nobody needs protection for that. It's for the stuff in which there's disagreement that we need protection, because someone's going to try to stifle it. Oh, yeah, it really does. So let me just ask to you, uh, Robert, what do you think needs to be done here? I mean, is this going to be settled as Robbie asked? Basically, I think an aside question of what he talked Mm -hmm. about is uh, is the government going to be the one who says you have to you have to print or you have to allow these folks to share whatever they want to share? Uh, as long as it's not, for instance, pornographic. Right. It's a great question, and I'm going to do something that most uh, politicians, most talking heads, and most importantly, most professors don't normally do, and that is I'm going to tell you I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what uh, my inclination always is for more speech. I believe in free speech. I am a free speech 
advocate. But but let me but let me stop there? you a yeah. second. I know yes, you are, and so am I. But it seems Indeed. it seems to me that the flow of the argument is going opposite yes. to what we That's think right. it should be. That's right. And and so the question becomes. Do we try to force private companies to be more in favor of free speech? And that's when we have two ideals running up against each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. Is, Which right? one is the most important ideal at that's that right. point? That's right. And that's when, you know, some people use the terminology, and I think it's okay to say it's a conflict of rights, and it's not exactly right, because if you define a right, it shouldn't conflict with any other right. That's how rights should be defined. But colloquially, we can say that, meaning we're not sure where the margins of any right is, and when it seems to intersect with another right, how do we, de- how do we draw that line? That's not an easy question necessarily to answer, and I appreciate those who, who recognize that fact, who say, Look, there's, there, there are many things going on here. How, what should we be doing? And by the way, I'm not generally a fan of more government. And if you're forcing companies to do something, that's more government. But I also don't want government, excuse me, I also don't want private companies outrightly infringing the rights of individuals. To be clear, I have not said that's what Facebook and the others are doing here because we've already defined the First Amendment as only applying to governmental action. But we have talked about the ethical issue of, of private companies restricting speech when they are essentially speech hosts and, moreover, doing so in a biased fashion. It's a problem. The solution still needs to be sort of crafted. And I don't have an easy answer at this moment for that, yeah. for you and for your audience. No, I don't have an easy answer to it either. I've been, strugg- sure. I've been struggling with it for a long time, but it, it really comes up uh, now with this whole thing of, uh, you know, throwing off info wars and things of that nature, right. which to be right. honest with you, I bet you I look at info wars well, I'll tell you how much how much trust I have in Infowars. I come across the story and I'm reading it, <clears throat> and uh, it's got some interesting information in it. And then I go to the top to find out where it was published or whatever, and it says Infowars. I discount it immediately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I and know that- what they do. They take a tiny grain of truth and then they wrap it up in a whole big package of BS. Right. Well, and that's that's exactly how free speech, even in the private sector, is supposed sector is supposed to work. Meaning, you get to read, evaluate, judge based yep. on the on the brand, right? Why do you buy brand X over brand Y? Because you because you think brand X is quality. And so you don't have to open up each package and check, is it still good? Or you're buying a different product from Brand X, uh, and you just, uh, why do I buy Toshiba? I happen to be looking at a Toshiba as we speak. I'm not endorsing them over anybody <laughs> else. But why do I buy a Toshiba computer and then a TV, et cetera? Why? Because I bought a couple of their items, and I thought they're pretty good. So instead of having to research every time, I buy Toshiba. Well, the same thing when it comes to communication, information. You, you, you look at the brand, but that's how free speech is supposed to work. You're supposed to be able to evaluate it on your own right. I don't need government screening it for me. I don't need private companies screening it for me. And when they do, and moreover, they do only in one direction, 
it, they seem to wipe out all of those, not all, but many on the right and none on the left. Well, then they're creating a bias, and I don't want that either. All right. So I, I think I'm good enough to make my own screen. I'm with you as, as far as all that goes, believe me. All right, let's take a uh, quick break. Our final break, we'll come back. We'll finish up our conversation. It's a serious conversation. If you haven't thought about it, you better start thinking about it because it seems like it's they're cracking down more on conservatives than anybody else. You know, lots of big changes still going on at Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics over on 12th Street. That's the original location where they started back in the 80s. They're turning it into a state-of-the-art facility, adding in a lot of new technology. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, for prosthetics and orthotics, new gate room, 3D printers, new waiting room, new mastectomy uh, room. So uh, patients have privacy and comfort while you're being fitted. It's all because Horton's prides itself on how it treats its patients, what it offers their patients, how they want to reach the heights with their patients. And remember, they'll have six locations with the new updated facility in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and now, of course, Searcy. Horton's Orthotics Prosthetics, providing a lifetime of support. All right, so my suggestion to everybody is to keep a very close watch on this Alex Jones story that's going on because if people don't complain about this and rise up, uh, so to speak, and send a Facebook uh, you know, letters and things of that nature saying this has got to stop. I don't know who will be next, but somebody will be next. They will see this as a green light or at least a yellow light seeing, saying that they can pursue, uh, go forward uh, with what they're doing right now because very clear, like with YouTube pulling, they didn't just pull down a, a couple of InfoWar things. They went down and pulled down whole uh, volumes of what uh, was on Infowars and things of that nature. There's no way anybody listened to any of that or watched all of it. They just went in and start and indiscriminately, you know, struck it from uh, the public record, so to speak. It, it, it's really a problem, and and it dovetails with what we've also talked about today, which is the the left leaning bias of the media in general. Uh, and so they're striking out against conservatives. You know, the latest I've seen in the media right now is they're saying, oh, well, um, Donald Trump admitted that Don Jr. Uh, um, was seeking information from the Russians. Uh, that's against the law. You're not allowed to, to take that from um, foreign, foreigners. That's just not true. That's just a false statement. There is a law that says you're not allowed to take anything of value. And it's referring to f financial value uh, of, uh, um, from foreigners. This is information. Say, well, information, you know, usually people have to gather information. And when they usually have to do that, there's a cost associated with it. No, the law doesn't cover that. And by the way, even if the law explicitly intended to cover that and stated that it covered it, that would be against the First Amendment as well, because you're always allowed to say something with the narrow exceptions that we've talked about, and you're always allowed to listen to something. So that's not something of value. The media on the left has completely elided that point. They have, they have said, oh, well, that's against the law. Uh, that's a big discussion at minimum, and you're wrong. 
Yeah. No, after the discussion, you're wrong. Before the discussion, you're even more wrong because you've just made this blanket statement that is patently false. You could try to nuance your way into into claiming that that statute covers these situations. It doesn't. It doesn't. And so this is what I'm talking about. The left is creating a narrative in which they present information only from the left. They don't allow information from the right. And then they package it in dramatically misleading, if not outrightly false ways. Now, I'm not seeking to shut them down or to stifle them. But don't try to do that to the conservatives. Don't try to do that to the right. And don't try to do it to those on the right or left who are wrong, who are objectively wrong as well. Because then we go down the road of dictatorship. Dictatorship by the media, dictatorship by government, doesn't matter. It's a form of dictatorship. Now let me just ask this of you, Robert. Last question for you before we uh, get done today, because we only got about three minutes left. Understood. If, if these companies continue to uh, self-impose censorship on people they don't like what they're saying, how long before people get used to that and then the government starts doing it and they can't make sense of the difference? Yeah, and that's the crux of what we're talking about today. It's an ethical issue, and we're going down a dangerous path. Uh, Right, it's the same path, uh, by the way, when they say you're not allowed to talk about certain issues. You know, I write about admissions, and I talk about issues involving race-based admissions. I can't tell you how many times people say, well, you can't talk about that. Good luck. It's dangerous. It's dangerous territory, and you've seen how I've been attacked for talking about those issues. And the fact is, when we hide the truth, what happens? People get hurt. Now, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about third parties. I'm talking about people that, are, that, that the left is trying to help. They claim they're trying to help. I think they're just trying to make themselves feel good. So uh, it's, just a, it's just a dangerous path to follow. Uh, and like, like I said a moment ago, you're going down the path towards a form of dictatorship, be it government-based dictatorship or something else some new form of dictatorship that we're not even familiar with yet. I'm with you. All right, we're out of time, Robert. Thank you so much for being with us again. It's always, uh, we have fun uh, discussing things. You have a great after, a great evening. We'll talk to you later. Robert Steinbach here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tomorrow, the uh, power panel is in. We'll also have a sheriff who says that they had an arrest in Faulkner County of someone who was just displaying their handgun. And that's not right, but this this police officer will tell you that it happened. We'll talk about it tomorrow on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show, so look forward to that. And don't forget about the Bible guys coming up. You want to send them a question? I've got a couple already for them for, uh, uh, tomorrow. Just send it to uh, BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. That's BibleGuys at S-A-L-E-M-L-R. Dot com, And we'll get to your question with them tomorrow during the 5 o'clock hour. That's all for tomorrow. We're done for today. See you at 2 tomorrow afternoon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.